home slice audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me uh, again for this uh, episode, Dr. Nicholas Chesneka and Dr. Moyer from Spearfish. Doctor, nice to have you back. <laughs> Good to see you, Mark. Uh, it is uh, nice to have you uh, in the conversation here. And this is fascinating to me right now. Uh, in a previous podcast, I was talking with Dr. Nick about varicose veins and general surgery and some other things that he does. And he mentioned when you were coming in that you guys work as kind of like a tag team on the subject we're about to talk about today, mm-hmm. which I think is 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 quite fascinating. And it's on breast cancer and breast reconstruction. Correct. And mm-hmm. Dr. Nick, I suppose you would be the first step in this, wouldn't That's right. you? That's right. So how how does it begin? Right. And so when we talk about breast surgery, we're, we're, we're kind of at this why, this you know, fork in the road, are you going to have breast conserving surgery where we're doing only the minimal amount of breast removal to remove the cancer but still leaving your natural breast tissue? Or are you going to have some form of mastectomy or removal of all the breast tissue? And so um, plastic, Dr. Moyer will speak to all this, but plastic surgery can have a role in both cases, but most commonly, when the breast is removed, if the patient wants to maintain cosmetic normalcy and have breast um, tissue, um, the appearance of breast tissue, well, then they need to have reconstruction, right? And so the application of mastectomy is a long discussion, a long topic, but I'll kind of summarize it by saying, okay, well, someone could have a large cancer that is not amenable to having only a portion of the breast removed. They could have a a desire, right? After all the decision-making kind of pathways have been discussed, they could have a desire for a mastectomy. Or they could have high risk where, let's say, they don't even have breast cancer, but their lifetime risk of cancer is such that we are prophylactically recommending the removal of their breasts. So in any any of those cases, if the breast is removed, reconstruction would be necessary. And there's really... uh, uh there's kind of generally two types, correct? There's the mastectomy and then there's a lumpectomy, correct? Right. So that's what, that, that's what that are that the breast conserving. Okay. So a lumpectomy, um, think of it in real simple terms. Okay, if a cancer is detected on uh, imaging, it may only be a centimeter, right? right? Maybe the size of your fingernail. It's it's small. And so the majority of people have a breast that that amount of tissue could easily be removed and you'd never know it was removed. Right? So if we could remove that little kind of marble of tissue plus the addition of what we would call a margin or a little rim of normal tissue, and we can prove that under a microscope and say, hey, we got the cancer out and every other surface around that cancer is free of cancer, then we can say it was completely removed. Right? So, and that can be done through an incision that maybe is only you know, an inch. Okay. And, and it's much less invasive. Um, it's a same-day surgery. But again, that that can only be applied in certain cases. We try to apply that in as many cases as we can. And and even if there are large lumpectomies, there still may be a role, but the reconstruction 
techniques are, are different. Okay. Uh, now, after after it's been determined with what they want to do and, and the procedure has happened, uh, whether full removal or lumpectomy, and now they want to get into the reconstruction side of it all, um, can these can these procedures be performed in the same day? Do you guys work together like that? So, <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, obviously, in... in and Nick said it like we, we talked about it. There's two different divergent pathways. Mastectomy patients will have their mastectomy that day, and most patients will have immediate breast reconstruction that at that time while they're still asleep. And that may be a two-stage process, but the first stage will start right then. Breast conservation therapy, the patients that Nick was talking about, the lumpectomy, mm-hmm. only removing part of the breast, some will come to me for reconstruction, but that will generally be down the road. That will generally be a year, year and a half later. Once that area, that breast is settled after the surgery, after something called radiation, we'll also apply radiation to that side. So they see me on a much later basis. Now, the mastectomy patients, that's a concomitant surgery Nick and I perform together. Nick starts. Once he's done, then I enter the room and immediately start reconstruction. So there doesn't need to be... I, I, so I suppose, I mean, the incisions are made and, and things like that are already done, so you can step right in. There doesn't need to be any sort of no. healing at no, all. No, really. actually, and actually, we, we kind of want to get started right away. Number one, it's been shown to improve the psychological aspect of the entire process, mm-hmm. and it's, it saves another additional surgery with anesthesia. And so we do prefer immediate breast reconstruction. There will be a few times when we'll delay it by a week just to make sure that the pathology looks good, but mainstay will be immediate breast reconstruction at that time. Is mm-hmm. Is... Anybody that wants it, can, can anybody be a candidate or are, are there instances where even if there's cancers where you're like, well, we're, we can remove it, we can fix it, but I don't know if reconstruction is something we can do or... Reconstruction options, one, it's patient choice. Sure. Not all patients want reconstruction. Uh-huh. Number two, there are certain stages where, you know, very, very advanced cancers, um, and this is rare, but very advanced cancers where you can't. So when, when Nick does a mastectomy, he leaves behind, when you think about your breast, mm-hmm. it's, it's skin first, right. nipple, and then fat in the actual breast parenchyma or tissue. And so in most instances, Nick is going to leave behind skin and or the nipple complex, and so I just have to make a breast mound. There are certain cancers, very aggressive cancers, where Nick, and he can speak to this, is going to have to remove some chest wall or some skin or a lot of skin. And mm-hmm. so then we're really on a just trying to fix that patient, not trying to make a true breast reconstruction, mm-hmm. but just trying to get them healed. And, and Nick, you can speak yeah. to that. Yeah. And so when we talk about um, a cancer, right, um, we need to understand the extent of its invasion, right, whether that is locally in just the breast alone has it invaded into the skin overlying the the breast tissue is it invading into the chest wall um, and so it reconstruction can only be applied if we can leave behind tissue to reconstruct <laughs> um, right and so if there again just that basic concept if the tissue in if the cancer is involving um, a large amount of the skin the chest wall, or let's say somebody has had um, uh, what we call an inflammatory breast cancer or a cancer that's really kind of diffusely spread through the breast and the skin, um, it may not be an appropriate choice to, to leave behind um, the tissues that are necessary for reconstruction that may or may not be free of cancer. So if somebody uh, has uh, kind of the, the, the more serious side of it, like you've said, um, or let's say they, they, they have mastectomies and they don't want it done right away. They're thinking maybe, you know, uh, I'll, I'll try it with, without. Sure. 
Can they come back <clears throat> a year down the road, two years down the road? After mastectomies, you can absolutely go through delayed breast reconstruction. Okay. Now, there's three main pathways. <laughs> so this is getting pathway dependent. But we've got sure. two main pathways for breast cancer that we talked about surgically, breast conservation therapy and mastectomy. When okay. we talk about now mastectomy, there are also three main reconstructive options. The first is to use an implant, you know, these silicone gel yes. devices, manufactured implants, uh, to reconstruct that breast mound. The second is to use your own tissue, and that generally comes from your abdomen. So quite a few of us in America have extra skin and fat, right, in our <laughs> abdomen. And we can use that, <clears throat> that tissue and mold it into a breast mound. Clearly, it has to bring its own blood supply in it. And so these are very complex surgeries, making sure that the blood supply comes with the tissue. And then there's a combination of both where we use the muscle of your back called latissimus muscle. That's the one that kind of sticks out here, right? Yep. And we'll harvest that muscle, again, based on an artery and vein and tunnel it underneath the skin in the axilla and drape it in to make a breast. Now, generally, that's not quite enough to make a breast, so we'll add a small implant. But those, those are the three pathways. If you choose delayed reconstruction, I am always going to have to put a tissue expander in. A tissue expander is going to re-expand that skin because if we don't do anything right away, that skin will retract and scar down to the chest wall. So any people can come and have delayed breast reconstruction, but we just know that it will always start with that expansion phase, and then all those three options are available. So that's the only caveat to delayed breast reconstruction. So what is, uh, what's recovery time on something like this yeah. after it happens? Yeah, so I, I, I tell people in general terms, right, this is a week's, not day's recovery, mm -hmm. right, because it does play out. Um, you know, there's the immediate day or two after surgery where you're, you know, you're in the hospital, you're leaving the hospital, you're just getting home, you're sore. Maybe the soreness lasts for week, two, but it's getting better as that time goes on. But there's drains involved, drains that are, you know, pulling fluid out from the area that's reconstructed. Those may be in for two, three weeks sometimes. So I think to put it in terms people can understand is, okay, there's these couple days that I'm feeling acutely like I just had surgery. Then there's a couple weeks where I'm really starting to feel better, but I still wake up and feel like I had surgery recently. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's six weeks, six weeks, eight weeks before you wake up and you say, hey, I really feel like I didn't just have surgery, right? So it's, it is, every day is a little better. But it, it plays out over weeks, not days. So what uh, what do you recommend or what do you tell your patients after it's all healed and it's all good to go? Do you tell them, look, you're, you're, you're just like you used to be? Uh, or is there anything they have to be careful of or watch for? I'm going to let Dr. Down, Moyer down, speak down, to that. down the road. I mean, because that's that's, that's yeah. a big surgery, no matter how yes. you look at it. And, and just like we've broken it down, mastectomy patients have different, we're going to talk about two different things, surveillance cancer surveillance, and then, you know, my aspect of reconstruction. So, so lumpectomy or breast conservation therapy patients have a little bit different surveillance, monitoring whether a tumor recurs again versus mastectomy. Not saying that mastectomy has a zero chance. But then the other option, you know, is asking, am I done? Am I normal? Well, so, you know, the, the idea here is that we talked about that breast, and that breast, natural breast, has sensation, right? Mm -hmm. And it has different, you know, mm -hmm. different functions. After I reconstruct a breast mound, it's, it, to be honest, it's not a God-given breast. 
It, it right. does not have sensation. There are, with implants, we monitor them on a yearly basis just because there are potential complications of implants. They're, we call them 20 to 25-year devices now, but there are certain issues with that. With using their own belly tissue or their back tissue, we follow them up quite a bit, especially to make sure that they have appropriate you know, muscle function and or core strength, back strength, and, and scar tissue and the like. So, so generally, I'm following these patients for quite a while. Um, and once we get to about a year, then it's a yearly appointment with me um, just to make sure that everything's appropriate. Yeah. So you, you had mentioned – I'm sorry, do you want to well, add something to that? Uh, I was going to kind of piggyback off sure. that and say, okay, with regard to surveillance, right, somebody's had a cancer, they've had it treated, right, like Dr. Moyer mm-hmm. pointed out, in that pathway of lumpectomy, there's still a lot of breast tissue. So that patient is really going to essentially follow a normal screening pattern, right? They right. still need mammograms. Now you take somebody who's had a mastectomy, whether that's for cancer or whether that's for prophylaxis, they don't have breast tissue, right? And so there, there's kind of a debate here as to what's the best way to, to screen Boy, that yeah. patient. Um, and most people rest on physical exam, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to take this as it comes, right? If you feel something change, we'll investigate. But let's put it in the context of that prophylactic mastectomy. The whole reason we are doing that is so someone doesn't have to go through yearly mammograms and MRI because of their high risk. So to say, oh, we're going to put you through this surgery and reconstruction, and then you're still going to do an MRI every year, that's not a good, that's not a good end point, right? right. So um, in most cases, it becomes a physical exam um, first, and then based on any changes, investigation. Yeah. And and kind of speaking of, of that a little bit too, uh, how how often realistically should women have mammograms? Should they be checked? Yeah. yeah. Is is there is so there, there kind of a consensus on that? There are there are many different okay. consensus <laughs> sure. um, statements. Um, I you know whether you're looking at you know US preventative task force, you're looking at American College of um, obstetricians and gynecologists, family medicine internal medicine. There's all these different ones. The one that I would say is start at 40, do it every year. That That's the, the simple kind of mm-hmm. take-home message. You can find variations on, on that recommendation. Um, but yes, you, you should be getting a mammogram at 40 and then every year to follow. Excellent. Uh, again, this has been a fascinating conversation for me, for sure. I love talking to both of you guys. It's been great. Uh, Dr. Nicholas Chesneka, Dr. Moyer, both from Spearfish Monument Health. Moyer's here in uh, Rapid. Oh, you are here. I'm sorry. That's yeah. right. You are here in Rapid yeah, so, City. But, but I'm in here in Rapid. Nick's yeah. in Spearfish. I operate in Spearfish with him at times. He comes down and yep. operates in Rapid at times. So you can call you us You guys both. share. Yeah, yeah excellent. Yeah, That's perfect. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So Black Hills. We'll there we go. Out. We'll stick with that. That's perfect. Thank you, gentlemen, both for talking with me again. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, Mark. Thank you. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.